You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. For the next hour, you're listening to the Classic Auto Mall show and podcast. Broadcast from the Classic Auto Mall studio in Morgantown, Pennsylvania. Classic Auto Mall is a world-class facility conveniently located just an hour west of Philadelphia and houses 600 classic cars for sale and 300 barn finds on display. Be sure to check out more at ClassicAutoMall.com. Now on to the show with our host, President of Classic Auto Mall, Stuart Howden. And good morning. Good morning, Steve. How you doing? JR, good morning. How's everybody this morning? Good morning. Hey, we're rocking and rolling here. What a great guest we had last week, wasn't it? Yeah, Obi O'Brien. O'Brien. That was awesome. Yeah, it was such a great guest. We'll see that up on YouTube. Oh boy, that's going to be an epic film because I'm going <laughs> to implement some of the. Uh, I'm going to in- install some of the. He talked about a documentary he did in this yeah. in the '70s, which was uh, there's a little snippet of it on YouTube. It's pretty cool. Yeah. He, and by the way, Stuart, we yes. are also on uh, a, n- a number of uh, platforms now, including iHeartRadio with oh, nice. Classic Radio Classic Auto Mall podcast. And if you search that, you'll find that there. I think it's on Stitcher and a few of other, of the others, and we're um, broadly taking over America. America. And the world. <laughs> and the world. As a, and, you know, we'll turn it into a music show if we have more guests like Obi. But, oh, but great. the great thing about musicians, most musicians, if they're not degenerate musicians, they all have cars. They're yeah. into cars. Because mm-hmm. I think, you know, it's got to be on the first on their list. Okay, well, if I become a rock star and I become famous, I'm going to buy a house for Mama and I'm going to buy some kind of cool car, right? <laughs> In the Elvis mode. In the Elvis mode. That's and right. it's so true. And he lived it. I mean, that's that's the template for yep, exactly. every rock star since. Exactly. Uh, is that you... You gotta have all the toys. You gotta have a Lambo. Have the trappings and the Lambos and the... That's right. Thank you, Colonel. Three more Cadillacs for everybody. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Anyway, uh, thanks to the Pat Travers Band for our, uh, uh, wonderful music and, uh, they're, they're in touring again. Boy, those guys, they got a Well, schedule. we learned last week, this is really interesting to me, and I had just seen something on, on TikTok or something about this too, that musicians really can't make money from their songs and right. publishing anymore, right. so they have to, I feel like that's why they, and I saw James Taylor last week mm-hmm. in concert, I'm like, is he touring because he can't make money on his songs? But right. that's why a lot of them tour now. I mean, you look at those guys still out there, Motley Crue and, and those guys, and of course they say, you know, like with Motley Crue, Vince Neil can't sing at all anymore. Right. But, but they still draw fans to the show because you know what? <laughs> it's reliving your youth, and even if he's just okay, it's so damn loud anyway mm-hmm. that you can hardly hear him, you know. Yeah, and to, to be honest, James Taylor's voice is not what it was, you know, even ten years ago. But I'll I'll pay every time. Yeah, and you know, so what if they use tracks? Who cares, right? Well, I, mean, I would care about that. That's that's <laughs> Milli Vanilli type stuff. Now you're talking. <laughs> I knew that would get a rise up. <laughs> no, you are so. I'd rather easy. hear a bad James Taylor than a than a James Taylor yeah. mouthing to or David like David Lee Roth oh, with yeah. Van Halen. Oh, he just he didn't age well. Wow, you know, poor guy. Yeah, and you feel bad for a guy like him who you know knows nothing else. I mean, I'm sure he's got you think that they've got all the money in the world but who knows you know? many said he couldn't sing from the start you know that it was <laughs> well, his dad's garage that they right. used yeah, and his pa system right his yeah, PA, so. that's right he had amps yeah he had the amps so, so they let him in the band yeah, and, but you could be in the band but we really don't like you that that's much. right although arguably one of the greatest front men ever. oh yeah you know, without total much. entertainer yeah, total yeah, entertainer yeah not the greatest singer but it didn't matter and a fellow martial artist so yeah. there you go. and you know uh neil young can't sing bob dylan can't sing. <laughs> that's for but, sure you know but it doesn't stop them right. so anyway here we go We've there we go right back to music again <laughs> pat travers band touring check out pat travers <laughs> anyway where what do we sell cars to oh well how about west cliff colorado walshville illinois allentown pennsylvania 
Emo, Emus, I don't know, Pennsylvania. Williamstown, Emmaus. New Jersey. Sorry, Emmaus. Yeah, because I'll get letters. Doylestown, Pennsylvania. Pottstown, Pennsylvania. Mm. Erie, Pennsylvania. Quakertown, Pennsylvania. North Bloomfield, Ohio. Woodbury, New Jersey. Hazel Township, Pennsylvania. Glen Mills, Pennsylvania. Harleysville, Pennsylvania. Mm. Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. My goodness. A lot, a lot of Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Colorado, Illinois, New Jersey, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. Five, five states. Five different states. Which is like for us. Mm-hmm. We'd like to see the eight or nine state. Uh, and one country would be And nice. one country. <laughs> Croatia would be the next <laughs> one we're looking for, right? So, uh, yeah, anyway, um, some great new inventory we got in this week. And one of them had been here before, but it had gone out for some service or something. Uh, and it's the Fraser Nash TT Roadster replica. <laughs> Did you see this thing? It looks like kind of a Cataram or something, you know, those Lotus 7s. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. You know, a little race car mm-hmm. loaded. The ground speech. It's a 1978. It's styled after not a 1978, 1930s. Uh, green over saddle. It's a fiberglass replica with a VW chassis and suspension, 1500 cc engine. It's really cool looking though, and it's so unique. It looks like a larger version of a go kart. <laughs> I'm gonna have to look it up. Yeah, yeah. classicautomall.com. Yeah, that's our website. It's where you find uh, it? Yeah, it's where you would find it. What a good segue. <laughs> and uh, if you have any questions for us, you can go to podcast at classicautomall.com. If you have a question for me or for a guest that we have on or any of that kind of thing. When I do my lives, I tell people that uh, you can go to the website, but it's not work safe. Not safe, not safe for work. Not safe for work. Because yeah. you will end up on there for an hour and a half. Oh my goodness. It is so easy to get lost in our site. It really is. They say, they. There it is. Yeah, there it is. They say, and they being whoever they are, say that we have, uh, the, one of the largest retention rates of somebody when they get to our site. And I know there's a term for it, bouncer mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that they that they stay on our site longer than almost any other website, just because there's so much inventory there. It, it's like a, um, a rabbit hole because yeah. you, you start looking for stuff, and then oh wait, there's yeah, a look there, at that. there's yeah. a Nash yeah. or TT that I've been looking for. You know, in the old days, I used to have time to go like on Hemmings and just scroll yeah, through right. everything that they had, and I'd just run across cool stuff and stuff you would never even think about searching for, and that happens on our site. And I don't get to do that on Hemmings anymore because mm-hmm. I'm too busy. Right. And there's other sites that are that are almost as sure. addictive, but Classic Automall just makes it easy. There's tons of pictures, and it's great. And especially, you know, for people that are in the market for just any type of car. Uh, oh, good job, Stuart, for turning. <laughs> They're calling first, already. Our, our first, yeah, yeah. Caller, <laughs> caller, can I help you? <laughs> Omaha, Nebraska. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, thank you, Larry King. No, it's the Emos, uh, Pennsylvania guy. He's really yeah, yeah. ticked off at me for. Uh, Emmaus Township is calling. Emmaus. That's right. That sounds much better, Emmaus. So, you know, there's a certain words that just escape me. One of them is Steve's last name, mm-hmm. uh, which is not necessarily. Uh, uh, let me. I've never been told the pronunciation. Sapphire. I'm not going to say. He won't say no, it. No, no, no. I will say it. it's Sapphire, but I'll I'll accept Schaefer, Sapphire. <laughs> like I've been called every name it, under as the as long as it's spelled right on a check, that's, right? That's yeah, it, exactly. Pretty much. Uh, 922 cars in inventory. Wow. By the way. So uh, that's trending upward a little bit right now, and of course, uh, this time of year. Uh, we see a lot of new inventory coming in, and we see a lot of new inventory going out. And we, uh, mm-hmm. it, it, it almost is a wash. It usually we keep the inventory level of just about the same uh, from week to week, uh, because we'll have a few cars that'll maybe go out for service or that need to go out and be exercised, or a guy has a special show he wants to take it to, mm-hmm. and if it doesn't, you know, when he and he'll bring it back, and yada yada yada, and uh, and so it, it's about even now. In the fall and the spring, we see trending upwards pretty heavily. Uh, 
but this time of year, people are using their cars, and they're sure. you know once it gets closer to fall, uh, that uh, free storage that uh, Classic Automall provides is uh, <laughs> <laughs> welcome to some people. And you know, I get it. Uh, people say, "Oh, do you think people you know are taking advantage that they're storing their car there for free?" And I say, "Look, hmm. we'll try it at your price point at, for ninety days, and then after ninety days, we're going to have a little sit down and a little chit chat right. and right. talk about what's the price point." Where does it really need to be? And that, that'll weed out whether they are using us for storage or not. As a car specialist, I will say that policy is just gold. Yeah. Because they, they just love the idea that you're not going to, they're not going to be charged for it if it doesn't sell right away. And not all cars sell not in no. 90 days. So. And listen, what, what we, all we ask is for you to lower it incrementally. You know, to, if we've got your reserve set at, you know, X amount of dollars and it's just not selling and not moving, generally speaking, it's price. Mm-hmm. We've got a great set of pictures. We've got great marketing. We, you know, we're all over the world. We're on 60 plus websites all over the world. Um, our podcast is broadcast in every country. <laughs> Right. Right. Well, it is. Yeah, worldwide. Worldwide. We're worldwide, right? Nobody can argue. It's the World Wide Web. It's www. And your car, even though your car might be five deep in a room, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's front and center, front showroom on the internet. I've had to address that issue. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Some people say, "Oh, I wish my car were Mm -hmm. closer." You know, and and obviously we can't put every car in the front showroom. Right. We have to have a limit, and obviously we want to try to put it the best cars that will draw the most people in, which will then more people will know about us and go to our website mm-hmm. and see them. Ninety-five percent of our sales are on the on the internet. I'm trying to change that on Saturdays, <laughs> yeah. however, little yeah. by little. Yeah. Hey, listen, you never know. Somebody walks through the door. We had a couple walk in yesterday. No intention of buying That's a right. car. They were on their way through town, heading to home, wherever mm-hmm. home was, and they said, you know what, let's just stop in there and see what they got. And before you know it, we're, we're writing up a deal on them. A car that only been here for one day. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. Dying to know which car. Yeah, yeah. so I'm not going to tell <laughs> and so the worst part about it is, is when you call the guy and the car's been here for one day and say, hey, by the way, we got your car sold. He thinks, what's the first thing he's going to think? I sold it too cheap. Oh. Because it got that quick. And it, right, that's not right. the case. What the case is, it's no different than real estate. Timing. When you come in, the timing. Mm-hmm. If, if he'd have brought his car in today... Those people had come yesterday, they would have never seen the car, maybe never came back, maybe never went to the website, and maybe his car sat here for six more months to sell. So it's timing as much as anything. I say you were priced on the money. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, that, and they, those are the ones that sell quickest. Absolutely. You know? If you want your car to move, be realistic in your price. It has no bearing on which way, how much you paid for it, and it has no bearing on on you know what the books say about it because it has to do with what the market's willing to pay. And I had asked you a question, and I think it's important for you to explain why. I said when we when we talk about what cars sold right. or, or that somebody bought a car, and I said, well, why don't you say what kind of car it is? And you had a great reason. Yeah, because it's a privacy issue, really. I mean, we don't want to say that somebody you know bought this car in this township because listen, it's it's what we do, and that's why we don't post our prices, uh, the sold prices on our website. Mm-hmm. It's nobody's business, right? You know, if, if you want to come here and see what the cars are being asked for retail, you can probably pretty much guess that that's pretty close to what they sell for, uh, but. But we don't do it out of a out of a privacy issue because listen, the privacy laws in the United States are are pretty clear cut and pretty strict. And if you violate that, if you were to, you know, let somebody's information get out in public domain, it's no different than a navigation system on a car. You, when you sell your car 
or you or you're selling a car for somebody else mm-hmm. or you sell a car as a dealer and you don't wipe clean the previous owner's uh, navigation system and, and information then that's a privacy issue mm-hmm. and that's a big deal because somebody could just punch in you know home and go to the home address and and all that so you know yeah that's that's why we're very very careful Listen, if you buy a car from us, there's a reason that the seller has used our service. And generally speaking, it's because they don't want to deal with selling their own car. They don't want to have to answer all the questions. They don't want to have to do all of that. That's what they pay us to do. So if you buy a car from us and you have questions from the owner, then we're going to tell you to give us the questions and we'll go to the owner Mm -hmm. and make it happen. And, you know, listen, I get it. People are very, very leery of putting their name out there in any way, shape, or form because there is so much fraud. There's so much. And that that's the reason, you know, uh, with our success of our business. You know, we tried to sell something on Facebook Marketplace, just a table the other day, my wife did. And we ended up, you know, with all these guys, it was all these scams. Mm-hmm. And they, and they, you know, dirty. You have, it's become Craigslist. Yeah. You, and people were like, oh, well, you have to do this and you need to, you have to have a, a Zelle business account and we need $350 deposit, but then we'll give you credit back for 500 and oh blah, blah. And we're just trying to sell a wrought iron table. Yeah. You know, it's like, <laughs> just give it away. I can't believe a friend of mine actually thought that he was getting messaged by Belinda Carlisle. I can't believe it. I said, Off a Facebook Dude, marketplace? don't give out any private information. You know, I mean, that's the problem is that people are, you know, that's one of the reasons that uh, people utilize our service, uh, a number of uh, reasons that they do. Anyway, when we return, we'll uh, continue on with some of our new inventory and talk about some of the events that we're going to be at coming up uh, here in the near future. We'll be back in just a couple. It's a museum. It's a showroom. It's an experience. The Classic Auto Mall in Morgantown, Pennsylvania is 336,000 square feet of rare, custom, and specialty automobiles on display and on consignment. From the earliest production cars to modern exotics, Classic Auto Mall is a feast for the eyes and the memories. Stroll through time in any season in this climate-controlled facility that you simply have to see to believe. Admission is free. Just remember to bring comfortable shoes. If you love classic cars, you're going to want to listen to The Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello on America's Web Radio. Live every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern at americaswebradio.com or on demand on your favorite podcast app. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the americasbroadcastnetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back with The Classic Auto Mall Podcast from The Classic Auto Mall Studio in Morgantown, Pennsylvania. Which is not... West Virginia, and we're about 45 minutes west of Philadelphia. We're yeah. really close to Philadelphia. We I mean, I, I drive out here a couple times We could times call a week. ourselves Philly. We could say we're could. in Philly. You almost know, a suburb of Philly. A suburb. Not far from Westchester. Not far from Westchester. Just south of Reading. South, south of Reading. <laughs> we could really Near Harrisburg. East of Harrisburg. Right. Four hours from Pittsburgh. North of uh, Honeybrook. <laughs> What's the southern uh, border? It's... Uh, Maryland. 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 It's like Marlboro, Maryland. We're not far from Maryland. We get a lot of buyers and sellers from Maryland. Yes, we do. We have a lot of business from Maryland. Mm -hmm. So anyway, some of the other new inventory, the 72 Ford Bronco, Mm -hmm. wind blue over white. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a lifted four-wheel drive, 302 V8, perfect motor for those. It's the right size, the right power, the right everything. It's got C4 automatic, which is kind of interesting. A lot of those are manual. Or a lot of them that we see. Oh, it's got an automatic. Yeah. Oh. I mean, oh, it's got, <laughs> I got to change my tone on that. God, can you edit that out, please? Um, yeah, you know, usually you see a manual transmission, but more and more and more mm-hmm. people, 
I don't know what it is, but we just got a Shelby GT350 in, and it's an automatic transmission. And I was concerned about that. And I talked to my Shelby buddies, and they're like, no, 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 mm-hmm. no. Listen, automatic transmissions are popular. People don't, you know, those heavy clutches, and if you're, you know, driving wherever, uh, you're going to be in some traffic, and you're, you're left leg. I mean, even that Porsche. Yeah. And it's a pretty light clutch. Right. No, listen, it's it's work to shift. It's I mean, I, there's but times I don't take the Z3 because I'm like, mm, do I really want to? My no, back hurts, yeah. and my I don't know. Do I really want to shift? God, Get, no. <laughs> but there's a Z. We have a Z4 that's an automatic. We so have a Z4 very popular. Automatic. Yeah, uh, and we've got uh, uh, like I said, the Bronco mm-hmm. here that's uh, automatic hmm. Z4 and and uh, canvas bikini top, on <laughs> and then Kanabi off road yeah. tires. So so really, it's a neat piece. Hot, and, still hot. Oh my goodness, those and international. Scouts mm-hmm. and Jeepsters, the Willys Jeepsters, mm-hmm. those are just so popular. How about the 69 Plymouth mm-hmm. Roadrunner that we've got? Oh, yeah. Medium green metallic, a.k.a. avocado green over dark green. The paint is almost perfect. Um, it's a true RM23 code Roadrunner. Uh, it's got a numbers matching 383, but it's been bored to 438. Wow. And a numbers matching A833 four-speed manual tranny. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's numbers matching as well, too. And you say, well, how do we know that? Well, sometimes if we don't know it or we can't prove it one way or the other, then we would put in language like consigner states that it's a numbers matching vehicle. A lot of vehicles were able to actually delve into the numbers, look at the numbers, make sure that they're stamped properly, that they don't have that they have the proper. There's something called brooch marks that that show up in the in the stamping on an engine uh, that that will tell you if it's real or not stamped. And I mean, I guess those could be fake too. But we do our best due diligence. I mean, we have a guy, Justin. That's all he basically does right. is is spec out cars. Um, you know, decodes VIN numbers, decodes trim tags. Dude knows a lot about cars. Knows a lot about cars, <laughs> and is and. Arguably, we'll tell you that he's learned a lot about cars mm-hmm. since he was here. He had a great knowledge base to begin with. Mm-hmm. But you can talk about when you have to decode a, you know, a 1928 Stutz, right. you know, boat tail speedster. Mm-hmm. Not a whole lot of stuff out there. I mean, you've got to really do your due diligence and know what you're looking at. And he's become great at that. But we do our best to, to know that. And we try to only say what we know and believe. Unless we would say consigner states, and that's just because we may or may not be able to prove it. And we have to, you know, tell consigners sometimes that, hey, listen, this is not, Mm -hmm. you know, how do you know this car is matching numbers? Well, the guy I bought it from told me that. Well, that doesn't make it so. Um, And unfortunately, there's been a lot of that going on as of late because the values of cars continue to climb. you got a Hemi car that will bring 300,000 versus a car with a 383 that'll bring you know 60,000 yeah and i know somebody just bought a pantera and is returning it to the seller because uh, there was some little problem with the vin little vin (laughs) and listen you know these cars sold as is where is however um you know as is where is doesn't mean misrepresentation Mm -hmm. doesn't mean uh an incorrect vin number so if there's not a, a a legal vin that matches the title and we see you'd be surprised how many cars that we see that don't the title and the VIN do not match mm-hmm. each other. Uh, and it's because they've never been checked or they haven't been checked in years or there was an engine change for a Model A Ford and they were they were titled with their engine number because they really didn't have VIN numbers back then. Right. They were serial numbers. Mm-hmm. What's the distinction? A VIN number is a vehicle identification number, 17 digits with codes for the manufacturers, with codes that are specific to the cars and back in the day the serial numbers could just you could have the same number on 10 cars mm-hmm. and we 
we've found that before. Mm-hmm. We've sold a Model A Ford to a guy in in Florida and found out that that there's a Model A Ford pickup with the same number in Michigan. No fraud. It just happened to be two you know cars that had the same serial number. So once they universalized that. Mm-hmm. Mostly about 1980-81 is when the 17-digit VIN came into play, but uh, before that. And if you want a Carfax on a car, it can't be anything. It's got to have a 17-digit VIN. So mm-hmm. if, if you've got a 16-digit VIN, it ain't going to work. So mm-hmm. uh, too bad that they don't have a way to do that. Uh, there are some some national databases that we go into and check. And so, you know, that's important That uh, because, listen, if you sell your car on your own, probably like this guy on the Pantera, mm-hmm. He may not have realized that the VIN was wrong, or maybe he did realize. You don't know. But the problem is, is most people don't ever take their title, walk out to their car and go, okay, one, seven, Mm-mm. three. You know, they don't do that. I get it in the mail. It goes in the safe. Goes I don't even safe. look at it. Yeah, don't even look at it. Mm-hmm. And shame on you, because shame on me. someday when <laughs> you're dead and gone, your family's got to sell all your crap. <laughs> then that's what I, that's how I, I tell them, go to Classic Auto Mall. <laughs> there you take, go. Take, take the cars to Classic Auto Mall. I tell my wife when I buy any kind of, any automobilia or cars yeah. or anything. Well, when I'm gone, this will be worth way more money. You'll have, you know. That's right. As I always say, whatever you do, don't pull your wife down next to you on your deathbed and say, whatever you do, honey, don't sell the Corvette for less than 60. And that's the problem that you run into. A lot of that happens. So anyway, uh, some other new inventory, the 06 Pontiac GTO coupe that we got in, Mm -hmm. phantom black metallic over red hot and black. Uh, one owner, 9,901 actual miles, six liter LS2 V8, Tremec, T56 manual, uh, stunning paint, and it's all stock. It's all original. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's mm-hmm. that's important for these low mileage cars because when you start monkeying with them, when you start doing stuff to them, that's all well and good. Save all the old parts. Though. Mm-hmm. If you put a do- new intake on it, if you put a new exhaust, exhaust on mm-hmm. it, a different carburetor on an older, you know, whatever it is you do, save the old stuff. It's important to have the old stuff um, because if you want to take it back to original, uh, then you know you, you some people like. Like them better original. And listen, I look at it one way and I think, you know, okay, there's a nice thing about original because it's the way that the car was meant to be and meant to be utilized. Mm-hmm. However, how many cars have you driven? Manual transmission where you wish there was a fifth gear. Mm. Oh, right, exactly. Uh, a '69 Z28 comes to mind. Yeah, or a '68 Shelby GT500 where you just, if you had that one more gear, it would be that much more enjoyable. Right. Um, and so, you know, that's why you know you don't. It's hard to fault people too much for, you know. Making changes to cars. And, uh, anyway, uh, other new inventory is 75 Brooklyn SV1. Yes, we do. Special vehicle one. Safety vehicle. Safety green over Phoenix yeah. Brown. Uh, I don't know what Phoenix Brown is, but uh, it's kind of a chocolatey yeah. 70s brown. Chocolatey. It's a very original car. Um, example, rarely seen. 351 V8. It's got the Ford FMX automatic and the groovy going. <laughs> it's really an interesting car. I, I said, whether you love them or hate them, you can't take take away that they're interesting. Absolutely. Interesting. And the story behind them is fascinating. There's a documentary on YouTube and stuff. It's just fascinating. And if you get past them, it's like a, you know, it, it's like the Corvettes, the Malays era of the Corvettes yeah. in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And if you get past the fact that what you think about a particular car and just look at it for its aesthetics, you go, wow, that's a pretty cool looking car. Nice to draw that now, when you're a kid. You know, yeah. that's the wedge shape. Now, 
<coughs> that can't be said for like the 917 laser, which is, if you've seen that, it looks like a 917 Porsche that got crushed on both ends and it's like shorter and stubbier mm-hmm. and disproportionate. Or you see mm-hmm. a Ferrari Testarossa on a Fiero and the body is out of proportion for sure. and it, or a bad Cobra. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, there's a lot of these that aren't cool, but, you know, stuff like the Bricklin, that's a pretty cool looking car. Mm-hmm. Even the DeLorean. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we've, we've poo-pooed it. Of course, the DeLoreans have come back in value uh, yep. pretty significantly. The Vector. Oh, right. The Vector. Oh, yeah, I remember. The Turbo, those yep. were, you know, a huge. You ever have one here? Uh, no, we've never had mm, a Vector. They're pretty rare. I've seen one in my lifetime. Mm, uh, Wilshire Boulevard. Okay. Yeah. I saw one in LA at the. And, and that was the only one I'd ever seen. And a BMW M1 I saw at the LAX airport okay. one time, which wow. is really cool. That to is see cool that because those are those are about as rare as they come. LA's the place to see cars. It is on the road anyway. I tell you, when I moved there from Knoxville, Tennessee, driving down Wilshire oh, Boulevard, yeah. I was like, "This is how I never rear-ended somebody by you know turning my head looking oh my at God. stuff. It's just it, in, every, SLRs and every just Porsche, everything, yeah, everything. you could ever imagine is there. And people drive them. And nothing cooler than going down the Ventura Freeway after a night of party in, in Holly. <laughs> Would, and the guys are out doing their bonsai runs and their Countaches and, yeah. and uh, Berlinetta Boxer Ferraris and, you know, the 365 GTB mm-hmm. four Daytonas. And, I mean, just haul and tail down through the turn, you know, oh, yeah. or Mulholland Drive. Right, right. I used to live out by Calabasas the last final year, last couple of years there. And uh, the Lambo Club would, every Sunday, would drive down, my, not my street, but right. next street over, and, you know, Diablos and yeah. everything. It was just crazy. Yeah, just to see those out in their natural mm. environment. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> You don't see that very often. Nope. You go to a car show and you see them or you go to whatever and see them, but you don't really see them out in, in, in the real world that often. Speaking of Porsches, mm-hmm. 1987 911 Carrera cab and one of my favorite names of a color, Guards Red. Yep. And, uh, over black, miles deep paint, 3.2 liter six cylinder, uh, rebuilt five speed manual with the cl- new clutch, um, very well optioned and fully maintained with lots of records in history. And that is iconic as it gets. Yeah. Guards red with a black, uh, convertible top it, is just, it's get... like the poster car and they generally don't last long here. No, they do not. <laughs> and, and that was more of a poster car for me than even the Countach. Yeah. And, <clears throat> although I had the Countach poster too, but. Right. And the Farrah Fawcett poster. Yeah. Well, <laughs> didn't I don't know? I wish I had a piece of that action. Oh know? my! The have money been, that they was must made have sold on fifty that. million of those yeah. posters. I still have mine. Of course, they're all, you do. Not. I do. I have all my old posters as a kid. I mean, they're probably yeah. damp and down in the basement somewhere. <laughs> well, they're damp. Period. Dog-eared. Sticky. Little sticky. One, wow. two, three, four. Four out of the six cars you picked this week. I would, if I, if money was no object, I'd, you have them. I'd have them. Yeah, absolutely. Great, it, great selection. It, isn't that funny about when you talk about cars that you would like to have in your? If you can only have one car, it's hard to pick. If you could have a hundred cars, right. you could pick them. You know, pretty easily. Right. You'd buy. If you only could do one, you, there's a lot of factors that factor into yeah. it, like the manual transmission. Mm-hmm. Like, is it, you know, do you want an automatic? Do you want? Will it fit in the garage? Will it fit in the garage? Oh, yeah. We have that all the time. How mm-hmm. long is that car? Yeah, you know, and uh, and of course, you know, we don't always know right off the top of our head how long right. that car is. Right. My dad was an architect, and he had uh, a guy who was building a house and took a picture with a Polaroid camera of the, his television with a house on Dallas on the screen and said, this is what I want, and would call my dad every week and say, hey, Don, his name was Don, and my dad's name was Don. Uh-huh. Hey, Don, this is Don. Yeah, about how long is my house going to be? And this went on for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And finally, dad said, well, Don, I got news for you today. Your house is going to be 158 feet long. He goes, good, my brother's is 140. <laughs> 
this, guy, like, this guy was a coal mining hillbilly from uh, mm. uh, West Virginia who flew a Messerschmitt jet helicopter and had old dirty cowboy boots. And we went to lunch at the Howard Johnson's and landed on the roof. And I had oh the blingiest Rolex you ever saw in your entire life. And this guy, you wouldn't have thought, had a nickel. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Interesting guy. Though. Perfect. That's like the guy that went to the uh, uh, restaurant and he said, you know, I, I got the waiter and said, yeah, I ordered my uh, spaghetti a while back. And I just wonder, uh, how long will it be? And he said, I don't know. We never measured it. <laughs> exactly. When we return, more fascinating insight into the food world. And we can talk about music and some more inventory and some our auction coming up in September. Mm-hmm. So we got that to talk about as well. We'll see you back in a couple of minutes. Since the 1960s, J.C. Taylor has been America's premier specialty insurance provider for classic cars, antique autos, modified, and custom vehicles. Our customers have trusted us to protect their prized possessions for more than six decades. For more information, or to receive a quote, contact our expert team today by calling 888-ANTIQUE, or by visiting our website at jctaylor.com slash awr. That's 888-268-4783. Or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. It's a museum, it's a showroom, it's an experience. The Classic Auto Mall in Morgantown, Pennsylvania is 336,000 square feet of rare, custom, and specialty automobiles on display and on consignment. From the earliest production cars to modern exotics, Classic Auto Mall is a feast for the eyes and the memories. Stroll through time in any season in this climate-controlled facility that you simply have to see to believe. Admission is free. Just remember to bring comfortable shoes. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back with the Classic Auto Mall Podcast, which can be heard on where? iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Pandora, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, Podcast Index, or wherever you happen to get your podcast, Yep, Steve. Right. <laughs> so I don't know where that is. I do know that it's interesting the, how many people that come up to me that tell me they listen to the show. And I and I say this humbly because I I don't know you know we're, we're we don't know what we're doing here we're just winging it we're just, just having fun we're having fun we're talking about cars and music and food and whatever hopefully is interesting to people out there listening but I'm always surprised and you know pleasantly surprised when people tell us that oh I caught your show or what a great guest mm-hmm. you got and sometimes it's people that you don't even expect older people that you wouldn't expect to be podcast savvy, if you will. I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. That's Mm -hmm. not my thing. Mm -hmm. I listen to, I watch some just for reference points. If we have a guest on and they've been on another podcast, it's always a great, you know, way to get information. But I find that most of the time that the questions that I ask are not questions that anybody else asks. And, and, Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm. Maybe you shouldn't be asking those questions. Maybe if I read the Broadcaster 101 podcast book, <laughs> it'll say, "Don't ask a guy where he got his goofy nickname." Right. Or, <clears throat> you know, when a guy walks into the elevator and you go, "Something wrong with your leg?" It's like, <laughs> you do you really talk to strangers like that? I have a buddy of mine who would do that. Yeah, yeah, right. Just say anything to a stranger. You know, well, you got a little limp there. Everything okay? In terms of this business, I try to start a conversation with everybody who walks into place. And right. when people are walking out, I always go, oh, you leaving empty-handed? 
And that usually starts conversation. Hey, sometimes it turns into like, well, I was looking at the Corvette, and yeah. you know, and so you never know. You just starting conversations with strangers sometimes leads to bigger things. I can I can force a conversation at any bar in America into classic cars <laughs> within under fifteen right. seconds. Absolutely, I don't care who they are or what they are. I don't, well, if they're deaf, dumb, and blind, maybe. Oh, my wife goes, "You'll talk to anybody." I said, "Yeah, <laughs> exactly. well, you know, it's what I do." I had a guy that I worked with who would stop at a convenience store, and every convenience store, his best friend worked behind the counter. And he'd be in there for 30 minutes, and we're out in the truck, a long weekend, ready to get home, and he's in there jibber-jabbering mm-hmm. about God knows what, and uh, didn't meet a stranger. But, you know, I find in this business is that when you tell people that you're in the classic car business, it sparks a reaction from them that is very positive, mm-hmm. usually. Mm-hmm. And either they know somebody or somebody in the family or something, uh, there's a connection to classic cars. Yep. And it always leads into me showing them our drone footage on my iPhone sitting at a bar. And people say, you can't do business yeah. at a bar. And I say, I'll, I'll prove you wrong. I had a stress test last year. <laughs> and the tech, she, you know, they, right. want, they want to make conversation with you. So sure. you're not yeah. you know, scared out of like your you court. Like, yeah. yeah, so you're relaxing. And, oh, I get a classic car. Yeah. Oh, my dad has a classic car. And exactly. all this. And so. Well, and, and it's funny, you know, when you tell people here in that business, I think a lot of people think, you know, oh, how fun. That that seems like a fun bit. Well, the problem is, is that it's a regular business just like every mm-hmm. other business. It's, we're dealing with cool stuff. But, right. I mean, you know, it's like we said last week on the show. I mean, even Pink Floyd's Soundman is probably like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, we have to hear, you know, right. another brick in the wall again. <laughs> you know, I mean, I guess everybody can get tired of everything. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, they say about supermodels that, you know, there's a guy that got tired of her. You know? Okay. You know, and right? <laughs> your dream girl, and yeah. you know, somebody was like, eh, "Okay, well, you know, I'm it's done personality, with her. Yeah. <laughs> the cult of personality." Right. right? Uh, anyway, uh, we have not talked about our upcoming auction, September the fifteenth. Mm-hmm. Uh, limited to 125 cars, and we're picking cars that we feel that are going to be fairly priced. Uh, we have a committee that reviews uh, all the uh, entries into the to the auction. And we, we don't want it to just be, you know, a parade of cars running across the block. We're spending a lot of money to put this on. We're hiring professional auctioneers that, that do this all over the country, mm-hmm. uh, that do classic cars all over the country, not just auctioneering. There's, you know, it's one thing auctioning a pig and another thing auctioning a 69 Z28. <laughs> you know, two different animals. No r- pun intended. R- right, right. Ba-dum-bum. Yeah, I thought you were going to make that. We need a rim shot. Yeah, where's my rim shot? Don't I have a rim shot? No, I don't think so. I don't think we do on that. I've got... I got that. <laughs> oh, there you okay. go. That's a little longer. That's longer. Than yeah. Than That's a standing ovation. <laughs> yes. A little longer than. Well, you just do a patriotic song at the end, and you'll get yeah, yeah, right. All, all I got now for you is <laughs> perfect. Um, anyway, uh, we we are going to vet these cars, and I don't mean we're going to turn them all into Corvettes. We're going to go through them and, and look at all of them and make sure that we feel like they're on the money and not what because it's an entry fee. It requires an entry fee, which we don't require to sell your car here at Classic Automobile, but it's a $250 entry fee. That does not count against your commission when the car sells, and the uh, the commission is 10%, mm-hmm. uh, minimum $500. And same with the buyer's premium, uh, minimum $500 commission. So... Um, so anyway, and the the buyer's premium is only seven percent if you're in person. So. Nice. And uh, if you're online or by telephone, it's ten percent. That's just because it requires extra help and more labor to to do that. And that's why we charge a little different. Bidder fee is fifty dollars, and that gets you a bidder credential and a guest credential, and an invitation to our party mm-hmm. after the the event. Same if you're a consigner, you get an invitation automatically to our party afterwards. And uh, for the bidder fee. 
what we do is we have a bank letter of guarantee that you have your bank fill out to give you to establish your line of credit or how much they will irrevocably honor your check. If you can't get your bank to do that, we have other ways to do it. Reach out to us. We'll be glad to kind of walk you through the process. There's cash deposits. There's bank statements, different things uh, that we can do. So ideally, it's a bank letter of guarantee, uh, but uh, certainly we'll, we'll work with you the best we can. What we have to guarantee is to our consigners is that the buyer uh, that we've allowed to bid at our auction has the means and the wherewithal and and the to buy this car, yeah. not just raise their hand and go. Uh, how, how's that financing work? You know, um, I'll, I'll be right back. Yeah, I'll be back. Let me go. I got to go to the car and get right. my sack of cash. Um, and so, I got to sell something before I can. Yeah. Before I can so, actually. So I'm going to go home and try to get my uh, whatever sold, and then I'll call you back in about three Contingent. weeks. No, no, no. Contingent. Grandma. Yeah. When you raise your hand and that gavel hammers and you're the high bidder, you own that car right then. And you've and been vetted. There. You've, you've been, been vetted. vetted. Yeah. You own that car right then and there, and we want to make nice. sure that uh, we. And you are in the process of picking the cars right now. Right now we're picking the cars. We're waiting for our website should be done, hopefully in the next couple of days, mm-hmm. which by the time you hear this will have been last week, we hope, and everything will be on uh, on our website, classicautomall.com. There will be a link from the auction uh, uh, to the auction uh, and an inventory link for all the cars that will be on, on the inventory. And once August 1st hits, if it's on that auction inventory list, Come heck or high water, it'll be here because we are taking them off the market. They're not going to be offered for sale after August 1st. They'll be August 1st to September 15th. They'll be available to view here. You'll be able to look them over, but they will not be available for sale until the auction day. Now, we'll also do pre-bidding on uh, proxy bid which is an online bidding service that uh, does these type of auctions all over the country. You get registered with them, and they vet you no different than we do. You have to have a buyer's, you know, uh, a bank letter of guarantee or a cash deposit, and yada, yada, yada. And, uh, and so you can bid either by telephone. You can bid online through proxy bid, and that starts actually the Monday prior to the sale. Uh, so Monday, September the 11th at 9 a.m.-ish, mm-hmm. All the inventory will go live on proxy bid, and it will be available to bid uh, all the way up until it hammers sold uh, uh, Friday the 15th at whatever time the car runs across the block. And so you can pre-bid on it. You can put a maximum bid on there that will bid on your behalf as people bid against it. Uh, or you can call us and give us a, uh, at a bid amount that you want to put on the car. Or you could be on the phone with us when the car runs across the block, and we can say, hey, the next bid is this. Do you want to hit it again? Do you want to bid again or whatever? Mm-hmm. Hey, the reserve has been lifted. These cars will have reserve, unlike like a Barrett-Jackson, which is mostly no reserve. Uh, all of our Most of our cars will have a, uh, a reserve on them, meaning a minimum that they'll sell for. But, again, that's what we're going to discuss with our sellers to make sure that we have cars that we feel are saleable and priced in, on the the market and uh, <clears throat> and so at least you have that protection but what I would recommend to you when you when you put your car on the market is really have a come to Jesus with yourself and really determine where you'd be comfortable so therefore if we've got momentum and bidding on that car and we hit that reserve and just keep going past it it could go you never know it could go for way more and the problem is <clears throat> in the auction business and I'll give everybody a little inside information here so when a car's up on the block and it stalls at a certain price, let's say you want $40,000 for your car, and on the block it stalls at 35000 We can't get another bid for it. Can't get anybody else to raise their hand. The, the seller ambassador would come to you, the seller, and say, hey, 
we've got 35,000. I know you wanted 40. Do you want to sell it? Guy, yes, no, whatever he decides is fine. But realize that the market is now, there may have been five guys on it, but now when you get up to that last bid, there's usually just one or two guys that are in, in the ballpark of that. And likely, if you lift or lower your reserve, it probably won't get another bid on it. Sometimes it does. Uh, where it does better is if the auctioneer is calling out the car and it meets its reserve, but there's still lots of activity, four or five guys on it, and they don't even know that the reserve has been lifted, but they're raising their hand, raising their hand, and that goes until then it then it starts to slow down, and the auctioneer says, the reserve has been lifted or the reserve has been met. This car will be the next one to sell. Then you know uh, that that one is obviously met its reserve, and it may have gone for thousands of dollars more than what you wanted for it. Um, listen, we're, we're not crystal ball people. We can't predict the future. We don't know what people are going to pay for something. We can only tell you what our recommendation is, what we think is going to be the price point on it, and where we think that it won't have any trouble selling. Because, again, we're here to sell cars. We're not here just to have a party. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we'll have box lunches available for purchase um, while you're seated. So girls will be serving you or servers will be serving you. So you don't have to get up and leave your, your chair if you're in the middle of bidding on a car or a car's coming up you want to bid on. And we'll have drink service there as well, too. We'll have cocktails available and beer and wine. And uh, and it's open to the public And as it's well. open to the public. No charge to come view it. Uh, you can see all the cars. The preview days are basically going to be Monday through whenever the car crosses the auction block um, during our normal business hours. And then, uh, um, and then during the auction, you're welcome to to attend. And if you decide at some point in time, you know, oh, I want to be a bidder, and I've never done this before, we can walk you through it. It's not it's not difficult. It's not that mm-hmm. it's it's not you know we talked about this last week. You don't scratch your nose and own a car. Right. We verify when when somebody when there's any question that the guy's not we're not sure if he bid or didn't bid or whatever then we verify and then we and the the auctioneers will stop and say hey were you bidding on the, oh no no I was just waving to my friend okay <laughs> don't do that again right <laughs> but uh, but anyway it's a lot of fun it's a lot of excitement it's a it's fast paced um so do your due diligence don't don't wait for the car to get up on the block and go mm, I wonder if I should mm. look at that car that that might be interesting to me cuz you've only got maybe maybe Three minutes, maybe two and a half right. minutes, depending on if the bidding is robust or it's not robust. Um, and so, you know, you, you've got to have looked at that car prior because if you don't and you get up there, you may miss something that maybe would have preclu- maybe change your mind about buying it. And you can't change your mind once the hammer hits. And we, you know, we are very strict and very firm on that. There's no backing out. There's no cooling off period. There's no grace period. When that hammer falls and you're the high bidder and you sign that ticket, that car is yours. Mm-hmm. And if you don't pay for it, then, then you know, that's a legal thing that you don't want to be in the middle of, and neither do we. And that's why we do so much, you know, homework on people and our buyers and make sure that they are financially able to buy the car and that we're not going to run into any kind of issue because that's what a, 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 a buyer or seller pays us to to do is to make sure that they're going to get paid on their car. No different with classic automobile. Our policies here are, you know, we wait five business days for any check to clear. Uh, if you want to do a wire transfer, that's the, the easiest and cleanest way, or mm-hmm. bring cash. Uh, we're happy to do either one. But uh, any check of any type, even the ones that are golden. Bank check. Bank checks. I'm the president Cashier's of the bank. Check. I'm a cashier. <laughs> I don't care. You can still stop payment on that's it. That's right. And despite what you say, it does sound.
And despite what you say, it does sound like a party. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So anyway, coming up September 15th, 2023, uh, we'll start at 11 a.m. on that Friday with some memorabilia and about noon with the cars. So uh, we'll see you then, and we'll be back in just a couple minutes with our last segment of episode number 95. Wow. Wow. We're closing in on <laughs> We'll see you in a couple. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. It's a museum, it's a showroom, it's an experience. The Classic Auto Mall in Morgantown, Pennsylvania is 336,000 square feet of rare, custom, and specialty automobiles on display and on consignment. From the earliest production cars to modern exotics, Classic Auto Mall is a feast for the eyes and the memories. Stroll through time in any season in this climate-controlled facility that you simply have to see to believe. Admission is free. Just remember to bring comfortable shoes. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back with the classic. Oh, I almost came in too fast there. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm quick on the draw like that. That's right. Uh, back with the Classic Automall podcast from the Classic Automall Studios in beautiful downtown Morgantown, Pennsylvania. I don't know how the weather is. <laughs> we're not going to talk about. We're not going to talk about. It could be snowing. It could be snowing. It could be whatever. It could be sunny. It's good. It's bad. It's not good. It's not wherever good, you are right now. That's <laughs> whatever. What it is. That's the weather. And okay. By golly, we're going to. Yeah, but we can't. That. We can say that it's hot today because I have my noisy fan in here. And I just... <laughs> so we know by default if we hear the noisy fan that yes. it is in fact hot in here. Yes. Um, <clears throat> this is not the most uh, climate controlled building I've ever been in. No, but it's... it beats looking at them outside on a hundred degree day or a snowy day asphalt. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, this is amazing. You know the first. First time, I haven't been here this long, and, and if you want a first time impression, I'd walked into the front a couple of times, but I didn't go through it. Right. And when I came through here, I was freaking wowed. <laughs> let me tell you, it will do. As that. is everybody. I, I saw cars I had, cars I wanted, cars my dad had. You know, I, I saw a '68 SS 396. That was oh, my yeah. second car. My first car was a '63 Ford Falcon. Right, and you've got a red one. There's a red one back there. I, that's a two door post. I had a, a coupe. In fact, a little Jay Leno story. I had an opportunity to meet Jay at the Borgata in Atlantic City. Yep. I got backstage, and people are trying to talk showbiz with him and everything, and he's looking bored. And I said, Hey, Jay, you know, and, and we had a little bit of a, a background on a photo or something that he had. And he, oh yeah, I, I know Jr. How you doing? I said, Hey, I wanted to show you my first car. Right. He goes, oh, <laughs> His face lights up. Hey, it's a '63 Ford Falcon Sprint. Uh, you know, it was at the 260. I said, No, that was a 289 Cobra Kid. Oh man, that was cool. You know, I said, I had a Hurst four shifter and a, you know had the red stripes over the white body and it looked like a pregnant Terry didn't package according to the kids in school. <laughs> he goes, Oh man, you know, it's like if you, if you ever meet Jay Leno and you 
you want to talk to them. Talk of cars, yeah. Yep. yeah. Well, and that goes, that's what we were saying earlier. You know, it's cars are more universal than show business or mm-hmm. or even music or any of that, for that matter. Most people, you know, the car thing is, is such a universal thing. And it's a leveler of a playing field. It is the ability to have a billionaire... A middle of the road guy and a guy, uh, you know, blue collar guy, yeah. and they can all talk and enjoy it and talk about the same thing and 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 be on the same page and economics be damned. That's right. Um, so anyway, and um, politics for that matter. And politics it, it, for the heck with that too. It just neutralizes everything. And climate control. And everything. And all that. <laughs> yeah, and and except for a few people who live in the city and take buses all the time, almost everybody has had a first car. Well, right. they've had a first car, and here's what we say. How many things in your life, how many important milestones in your life happen around the automobile? You get, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Steve, I know where you're sorry. Sorry. Shame, 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 shame. Yeah. Trans Am, baby. Trans Am. Uh, that's baby. all I'm going to say. But, um, but like think about saber. it. Yeah. You, you, you went on your honeymoon. You, you know, you picked up your kid from the hospital when they were born and your, and your wife or your husband or whatever. And I mean, there's so many things that happened that the automobile was a part of in our lives growing up family and vacations family vacations and and Everything. you know going to summer camp and and being picked up by your dad at summer camp or your mom and i mean just so many things centered around the automobile and and it's going to be interesting one day when automobiles are no longer here i guess that just won't that's why it's got that nostalgia to it and that's what makes it so interesting you know Somebody asked, our friend Harry Hurst has the glory days of racing, which mm-hmm. is an amazing site on Facebook. He has built this thing kind of on its own. It's kind of just grown on, you know, it's he's amazing. done a great job, but I mean, things like that are hit or miss sometimes. Mm-hmm. But it, and it's called the glory days of racing. And it got me thinking about why were the, why were the day, why were the sixties, you know, the fifties, sixties, early seventies, mm-hmm. why were they the glory days of racing? What is, what's the difference between racing then and racing now? And the, my argument is, is the smell, the sound, and the characters. Mm-hmm. You don't have quite as much of that anymore. The cars all kind of sound the same. Mm-hmm. Back then, they all sounded different. The big Chevy V8 rumbling down next to a, uh, six-cylinder portion and a 12-cylinder this and a, and then the smells, like at the drag races, the nitro and the methane and, and the way you could smell that and the way you could smell the sports cars or the, when you'd be standing in the pit area and you could smell the tires because, you know, those Goodyear slicks that were, that made that distinctive mm-hmm. smell. And then, of course, just the characters that were in there, guys that, you know, didn't have any safety equipment and smoking a cigarette while they're driving. Right. <laughs> Or, I mean, or playboys. Or, you know, yeah, and, and, yeah, and rich guys with lots of money became racing guys. And now, it's more robotic, you know? Yeah, and it's it, commercialized to a point. I mean, as if everything is, really. Uh, sure. It's all about the money and, and everything's standardized and every car looks the same and basically. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and people wonder, why do the cars look the same? Why, so why do the cars all look the same? Why does a four-door sedan compact car a Hyundai looked the same as a Toyota, is the same as a Ford, is the same as whatever. And the reason is, I have surmised, is that, I know this is the reason, it's actually, I haven't just surmised it, it's actually the reason, because all the engineers went to the same school. Right. And all the engineers had the same goal, mm. to make it the most efficient fuel-wise, and therefore the less coefficient of drag and all that other stuff that we that we have in, in the ability to make a car go faster without more power mm-hmm. or without a bigger engine. Uh, and so they all went to the same school, and they're all going to come up with basically the same car. And there is some value with, like, renting a car and, the, you know, the turn signal being in the same place and the wash being in the same place. But Absolutely. I tell you, showing cars here... 
every trunk, <laughs> I mean, every hood, I mean, every yeah, hood opens differently. Yeah. <laughs> and there is, it's amazing the variety of, of hood latches. And even when you're a seasoned car guy, <laughs> yeah. you're fumbling around. I, I can't tell you how many times oh, I've yeah. fumbled around trying to open a hood. I, I called feel, Justin. I'm like, how do I open this? <laughs> you just feel like a, a, a dummy. You just think, well, I can't. Why? Well, I, I always start when somebody says, I want to see under the hood. I'll say, okay, oh, let's see. It's a Chevy. I, uh, I always like play dumb because I don't know where it is. I always like the 63 Galaxy that you lifted the Ford oh, emblem yeah. in the center of the hood. Yeah, right? Yeah. Well, they had, and the cars from, cars from the 30s that had a, <laughs> a big, huge hood piece that you, you know, it was like a latch mm-hmm. and, yeah. and you moved it and, you know, just all different ways to open hoods. And, and it's the guys that know them completely and thoroughly, um, you know, it's amazing to watch because they can mm-hmm. just go right to it. And, yeah. and they're all, I mean, they're the, and some of them in the oddest places. Some of them are inside mm-hmm. the car. Some of them are outside of the car. Some are, you know, in the grill. Some of them are just right That's under right. the edge of the hood. Some oh, are yeah. up under the bumper. And sometimes there's a there's a latch in the driver's seat. Right. The driver's and then seat. there's sometimes a, not. another latch in. You know. I don't know what year they started that, yeah. but I know the 50s cars are not in, inside, in the, dri- the, car, inside yeah. the car. Yeah. yeah they I, have were, a, I have a Chrysler 200 convertible, right. and the latch is down by the kick plate. And when I get my foot out, I catch it. I actually yeah. had to put electrical tape around <laughs> it to stop catching my toe on it and popping the hood. I have a knee problem in one of my cars, and I can't remember which one it is, and my knee hits the, the thing and it pops the trunk Oh, open. wow. And, you know, and of course, then it's beeping on you and doing all oh, things. And then, you know, knowing where the shifter is and remembering, is that the turn signal or the shifter? And, you know, I don't want to put the car in reverse going down the turnpike. <laughs> I, I imagine hopefully there's an override or an underride or whatever you call yeah, right. it that I won't be allowed to do that. Although I did put my dad's 74 Lincoln Continental Town Car, or uh, Mark IV, into reverse doing about 40 miles an hour. Ooh. And about three days later, the transmission went out. My dad stopped buying Lincolns and went to Cadillacs. Wow. And in my late 30s, I was talking to my dad. We were at, at dinner one night, and I said, uh, yeah, it's just like that time I put that Lincoln of yours in reverse, and transmission came out of it. And he said, what? <laughs> and I went, oops. Oh, did I not tell you that story? He goes, no, you didn't. He goes, I stopped driving Lincolns because of you. I'm like, oh, wow. sorry, Dad. Because of you, they can have upon hard times. <laughs> yes, that's true, that's true, true. So anyway, sorry, Dad. Dad's long past, mm. and so, you know, I, anything I say now, I won't get in any trouble for. Although later on, Gates, later on, <laughs> he's going to be waiting at the pearly gates going, hmm, we got things to talk about. Son. In a Cadillac, probably. In a Cadillac. So, uh, yeah, I, I love the fact that he went to Cadillacs because I liked Cadillacs mm-hmm. better than Lincoln's. And he would always let me borrow his Eldorado for taking girls on dates. And so that was kind of cool. And I just wanted to go back to your, to your point about nostalgia. I will say that the, I, I'm just going to shoot old Oldsmobiles from now on, mid seventies to early eighties Oldsmobiles on TikTok. You saw the numbers on the unbelievable. Uh, what is Cutlass eighty? What, what year is that Cutlass? That Cutlass is an eighty six Olds Cutlass. Had thirty one thousand so far. Views, yeah. So far, and the the seventy nine uh, Olds ninety eight we did a while ago has the one point two million or whatever. But it's like those old cars from the our era, you yeah. know, when, when what our parents had yeah. really. Touch a nerve on people. And they're not cars that you and I lusted after when we were kids. It's not the Trans Am or Mm -hmm. the W30 uh, Cutlass. Exactly. It is the mundane. The the one you took your driver's test. Yeah, the one mom drove. That's right. When you were hanging out at the bowling alley next to the ice chalet, and you were supposed to be at the ice chalet, but you're actually (laughs) at the bowling alley smoking, and you look over your corner, and there's that 74 white four-door Buick LeSabre pulling up. Mom in her scarf, because she didn't have time to fix her hair to come out and get her heathen son, (laughs) who's hanging out with a 
the bowling alley, boys playing pinball, <laughs> yeah. smoking cigarettes. Yeah. You know, that's it. That I mean, was, it's the it's the car people remember. Yeah, and so you at, know at, at the um, a Christmas story where he says, "My dad was an Oldsmobile man." Yeah, yeah. People, that's but that, if you ask people about their parents and and their affinity for cars, dad, this guy was his dad was an mm-hmm. Oldsmobile guy. My guy, dad was a Buick, Buick guy. guy. He was a and they did not stray from that at brand all. loyalty. That's right. That's right. That brand brand loyalty. loyalty was huge. And that was why, you know, people say, well, why does Chevy make a spark, mm. you know, which they can't make much profit on because it's as cheap as you can find. And then they make a Suburban. Mm-hmm. Well, the idea is, is to get you in there and the spark when you're young and starting out. Entry and, level. And yeah. eventually get you up to the Suburban where they make nice big profits. Yeah. And, and deservedly so. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those things that that loyalty, it's not the same as it used to no, be. There's no question about it. There's more cars. There's yeah. more, more yeah. makes and models. And you didn't see many German cars growing up in East Tennessee. Or Japanese. Or Japanese cars. Right. Uh, and, you know, and That's what I'm saying. These Oldsmobile Cutlass were all over the place. Everywhere. Everywhere. I had a 93 Cutlass convertible. Oh. And the interesting thing about those couple of things was they looked like they had a roll bar, and it wasn't, yeah. but it was because the door handles were yeah. up into the post, and they had <laughs> to have something to put them together. But yeah. I also... We have those. I also found that they... Every one of those left the factory with no glass in it except the windshield and the side windows. They went across the street to a custom, and I can't remember the name of the custom maker now, but they chopped the top off of every coupe and converted them. They didn't have a factory line for uh, convertibles like Chrysler. Right. And every one of them was chopped and, and refitted to be a convertible, and therefore... Every one of them leaked. Yeah, of course it did. Yeah, and that right. Targa bar that is what we almost call it is the yeah. bar that goes across. Mm-hmm. You see them on Shelby's uh, GT500 sure convertibles. Yeah, the Celine has them. Celines have them as yep. well too. So uh, you know, interesting. Don't forget too uh, our buddy Grant Miller's sale coming up CPA Auto Auction July 13th to the 15th. That'll be that's uh, that'll be today. Yeah, <laughs> it's happening now. It's happening now. If you're listening to America's Web Radio, so you missed it. So sorry about your luck. You know that car went really cheap. You should have. No. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, anyway, we lost Grant a couple of weeks ago, and and we talked about it last week. And I just want to say again, what a great guy, and miss him, and and what a great family that runs Central Pennsylvania Auto Auction. If you never had a chance to to go and experience their customer service and their level of attention to detail, you're missing it because. Go next year if you don't give you know, obviously you'll hear it too late for this year. But they also have a dealer auction they do every Thursday and very well run and very well done. And are we I've got twelve pages one minute. left. You got a minute, long minute. <laughs> well I can't do twelve pages in a minute. All right, pick one. I was gonna talk about the Citron SM. The sport Maserati uh, that Citroen built from 1970 to 75. Have you ever seen? You ever know much do, about these? Do cars? we have one here? No. Oh, next. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching Les Tours de France. You know, it is on right now. My son. Oh, it's amazing. The the video, the the helicopter shots. They're oh. not using drones. They're using helicopters. Yeah, and it's amazing. Yeah, they really. But yeah. now they're pushing you to Peacock to pay the premium as of today. Oh come on! I hate that. You know, yeah. money. Yeah, I'm just so used Free. to free TV. I'm not even a bike racing, but I love watching the tour. Oh, it's hard not to love that. And, you know, even if you're, you know, it's like sailboats, you know, just because you're a, a combustion, internal combustion engine guy doesn't yeah. mean that you can't appreciate sailboats or canoes or 
It's also Wimbledon season. Yeah, it's Wimbledon season. Wimbledon that. is just, I love watching Me Wimbledon. Me too. I really do. All right, I when, am I, when are you coming over? Uh, um, <laughs> never. <laughs> too far. <laughs> I got five feet to get home. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> anyway, next week when we return, oh, don't forget where are the availability of our podcast. Why, that would be iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Pandora, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, Podcast Index, and wherever you get your podcast. And don't forget to follow us on social media, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, and soon, while well, we're looking at Twitter. We'll see you next week. We appreciate you listening to our show, and don't forget to come visit us in person next time you're in southeastern Pennsylvania. Admission is free, and our hours are on our website, classicautomall.com. You can reach us by telephone at 888-227-0914 or via email at info at classicautomall.com. To reach the show, email us at podcast at classicautomall.com. Classic Auto Mall podcast is produced by CarSmarts Media with music by the Pat Travers Band. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.